Lying down is better. Yeah, no, no, no. Let me. Well, no, I, I was lying down. Let me stand up. <laughs> <laughs> Mage Talk is brought to you by Mage Mail. Keep your customers coming back with customer lifecycle email for Magento. Visit them online today at magemail.co. Mage Talk is brought to you by Mage Mojo, a Magento hosting company. We know that you have a lot of options out there when it comes to Magento hosting, but we want you to give Mage Mojo a try. Not only do they have the fastest SLA at 15-minute response time in the entire industry, but they will also pay to get you back on your old host if you don't like it. We want to give you this special offer, and you can get the code to get that special offer in the middle of the show. Thanks to Mage Mojo for their continued support of Mage Talk. Hello and welcome to Mage Talk, episode 104, the Magento Community Podcast. This is Philip. And this is Kalen. <laughs> Taking a drink, <laughs> as he is uh, wont to do. Uh, and we have two incredible... So this is our two-year anniversary episode, right? That's this right. This is it. And we have two of the, the, most, uh, the most special people in the Magento community that I can possibly think of. Uh, we have Roy Rubin, uh, co-founder uh, of Magento, and Yoav Kuttner, co-founder of Magento, former, former co-founders of Magento. Welcome to the show, guys. Hey, great to be here. Hey. This is awesome. <laughs> so do you, do you ever become an ex-co-founder? I, was always, I don't know how wondering. to say I was like, how does that happen? I, I, I don't think so. I think I technically your stats, I think that title stays. Co-founder, co-founder hey, like and former CEO. There you go. Yeah, yeah like presidents, right? Or um, oh, like ambassadors, it, it, right? Those it, things kind of stay with you. Exactly. Secretary of State Roy Rubin, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so you guys, you, guys, you guys created a piece of software that that spawned a community that spawned a podcast that's gone for a hundred episodes now. Is that, that must be exciting. <laughs> well, the, the grand plan was actually a podcast, but to, you know, find a way to get to it. Few, a little bit. Few bunny you know, trails along the way, yeah. few bunny yeah. trails and acquisitions. I think, I think Roy, I think you're glorifying that a bit because we were setting up to do a, a blog at that time. <laughs> Podcast was like a wishful thinking at yeah. the point, but okay. I don't even know if podcast was invented back then, was it? I think it I was. Think so it was in that early stage of podcasts where they were they were really, really like they took like you know you took like three hours to set up your podcatcher, and they weren't yeah. they weren't quite mainstream. <laughs> Do you remember the word podcatcher? That was, that was the thing. You know what's you know what's incredible? Um, I, I love when people do this when they do the whole. Uh, it's been longer since Cleopatra, since Betty White's slicing bread, or whatever, like those sort of idioms. Uh, I think that a, a longer amount of time has elapsed since you guys created Magento than from the uh, the actual government mandate in the United States that allowed uh, secure website transactions to take place. I think it was in nineteen ninety nine. To 2000, so it's almost we're almost equidistant in time. So, like you guys were right in the center of the bell curve of e-commerce. Like you, you were right there. It's incredible. Yeah, I guess the timing was great in some ways. Yeah, um, yeah, really worked it worked out. 
And, uh, I mean, it's just incredible. So I, you know, I, I, I really didn't have a plan for this podcast other than to really, you know, I want to sort of celebrate our two years by kind of reminiscing a bit and, um, and hear what you guys are also, you know, up to these days. And, uh, so I'm not really sure how to kind of get into it, but, uh, maybe Roy, could you kind of go back a little bit and tell us, uh, you know, what, what sort of, what spurred you to, uh, to start working in e-commerce and start uh, building this, uh, this thing we know and love called Magento? Well, you know, for me, it all really started in 2001 when I decided to go back to school. I was, I was 24 at the time and I still didn't have my, my, my bachelor's degree. And, and I said, you know what, I, I really need to go and, and take care of this thing. I'm getting a little older and, and, and it's about time. And, you know, really my mom just called me and said, Hey, get your ass moving. <laughs> um, and that was, uh, that was good, good, you know, good uh, motivation for me to go back to school. And when I went back to school, um, I, you know, I, I needed some, some income and, and I started a, um, a web development agency and we really did, did everything back then. And, you know, from content management systems to, to website design, um, you know, and anything that really um, was asked of us was, you know, we, we, we really never say no. And I, I remember the day, you know, I read a book um, or it was in an article. I ran across um, some text that, that said, hey, you know, if you really want to be successful at business, you have to focus. And I think at that time, I knew nothing about business, mm. right? And I, you know, I kind of read it and I said, you know what? I'm kind of doing everything. I'm really not specializing. You know, we're building a business here and it's great. And it's, it's you know, it's giving us income we need to, to really and invest. But getting good and thing, we're really helping really at that, you know, at that point. And and I said, well, look, if I'm going to focus, what do I focus on? And and do I focus on, you know, something that's broad, like you know, content management, which you know at the time was 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 really, um, you know, um, in, in some ways in its infancy in terms of just the open source products that were really available for usage mm-hmm. back then, mm-hmm. um, or you know, is it is it is it is it commerce and you know, at that point, I kind of touched on a couple of commerce projects at the time, um, or is it, or is it something else? And 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 I said, look, you know, commerce is growing. Um, it's a it's a it's a relatively small market today, but but certainly it's looking really solid, and it looks like it's, it it will continue to grow. And it's an area that I was really passionate about. And I said, you know, let's let's go ahead and really focus on that. And. And and that's what I did. I you know at, at the time, OS Commerce was a, was a was a really successful project that provided the tools to to build e-commerce sites on. And I I started to to learn that. Uh, you have joined I think right then when we started to really kind of hmm. um, get behind it. Um, and the breakthrough was that this was really the early days of Google Ads, and hmm. we uh, um, you know remember this we we would post. Um, a couple of Google ads and run it for maybe two, three weeks and we would have enough business for the next six months and I would turn it off. Wow. And it was just incredible. I mean, I could literally just within a couple of weeks close out, you know, all the available hours we had to sell really um, and to commit to um, for months in advance with just a week or two of just, you know, Google ads. Hmm. Uh, and it cost us really pennies and we would just do it and it, it worked fabulously well. And we did this for, for, you know, for a couple of years until we got to the point where our customers just wanted something, um, 
you know, more complicated, um, that their, you know, their needs evolved. I think the market evolved at that time as well. And I think that's kind of the background to, to what got us into e-commerce and then, you know, got us to commit to something even bigger, which was really, you know, thinking about building a platform of our own once our customers, and I think this is a beautiful thing, you know, you know, Magento really came out of our customers' needs and demands. Um, and, you know, and that's a beautiful thing because we really said, you know what, if we build something for, for our customers and, and they're going to love it, then I think that, that we could have something potentially that could be even bigger. Um, hmm. So that's, I think, you know, from my perspective, the background, you have, what, what do you think? Uh, I think it's a complete lie and nothing happened like that. <laughs> 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 I think that's a very accurate uh, representation of what happened. And we were very opportunistic. I would say that uh, we, we really sensed that that's what the market needed. And, um, and like Roy said, we first and foremost did it for our customers, right? We had the customers waiting for what we were doing. Uh, I think one thing to add is that, yeah, we were very famous for always commerce. But at one point, we st- I remember Roy came to me and said, you know, we're getting more and more customers that are not coming to us for OS Commerce. They're actually coming for to Varian or iRuben uh, services because they think, you know, we know e-commerce and they kind of don't even care what platform or technology we're using. They just need an e-commerce website. And I think that was a, a, one of the light bulbs that went um, on pretty fast because we're like, hmm, maybe it's not only about OS Commerce, right? And um, I think the rest is like we took it from there and... Uh, there were a few more uh, pivotal moments in our lives when we said, well, maybe we should become a product company, I think. And hmm. I remember that vividly as well. But the one thing about the ads that uh, the, the AdWords or uh, that Roy said, I, I won't forget, like, I think it was kind of a year in we were working together, I think, at the Wilshire office. And I think I, when we were talking, I said, oh, we, we need a few more projects. And Roy was like, oh, let me turn on AdWords. And 10 minutes later, he's like, oh, we're full already. <laughs> Something like that. It was like, <laughs> within minutes, he was like, oh, let me turn it off. <laughs> That's amazing. It was, it was an amazing time. I think uh, like e-commerce was just taking off. Everybody wanted to go online and started uh, sort of very, very fast. Yeah. It's amazing how saturated AdWords has, has become. Um, and you know, as compared to the the good old days, uh, well, you, actually, you mentioned, yeah, sorry, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's interesting because uh, I I just don't think, um, you know, I don't think that there could be uh, at this point in time there couldn't be this the sort of ground, uh, the ground or the grassroots sort of adoption uh, in in this kind of a space anymore. Um, part of that because yeah, there's there was a lot of there's a lot of crowding of of all the channels. Uh, right. So, uh, there's, yeah, there's from social media, which wasn't really a thing in that, in that day and age. Right. And, and now AdWords. So yeah. Um, it was like the perfect environment to really stand yeah. out. Sorry, Kalen, go ahead. You were, no, talking. yeah. So Yoab, you mentioned, you know, the, the, the vivid memory you have of when you decided to, to build a product company. Maybe you could talk a little bit more about that. I, I think that was not a single moment, to be honest, on my part. I think this was a, a kind of evolving. We, we literally, it was like, um, like a, a range, right? We went from, you know, we were building um, a product for our customers, you know, and, and then like the decision to do it open source. And again, this famous, like, what's the worst that can happen, right? And then we went into more and more people starting to look at it as a product and not necessarily wanting us for services. And 
again, one of those talks that we had and Roy say, you know what, we should definitely double down on the product. And, and, and that was a tough decision. We were a profitable business. We were doing really well growing, but I think it was a hard decision. I mean, kudos to Roy for making it, like leading the company for that. But the switch from we're in services, we're making, you know, a lot of money doing services to kind of take a huge risk and, uh, and kind of convert everything the company was about and becoming a product company. I think that was one of the gutsiest moves I've seen, um, you know, with mm. the Roy did and kudos, I mean, it worked out. So, <laughs> but that decision, I remember I was like, wow, it's a, it's a big, big uh, change in what we were doing. So we're all excited about it, but uh, you know, probably Roy uh, has to say what he was thinking, but I was like worried. Let me say that we were growing, we're hiring more and more people. We had more and more projects and then making this decision of, um, you know, it wasn't a one day or one moment decision, but it's kind of we saw the adoption, so it kind of helped and everything. But I think making that decision was a very gutsy move for us as a company back then. Nice. I, I think it's always tough. I mean, when, when you try to build a product from within a services companies, and, and I think this will, this will resonate with a lot of the, you know, a lot of the agencies that are listening to the, to the podcast. Um, I, I think there's, there's a very you know, fine line and, and balance between how much of your resources do you dedicate towards the product versus towards the services? And for us, as we committed more and more to the product, it became evident that, that something would have to give. We don't have infinite resources. We certainly didn't have infinite budget. And we would have to build a product on account of the services hours that we would, you know, that we would commit to our customers. And, you know, so that was sort of you know, a data point to say, look, th- this is not working, right? If we're going to get behind the product, we would have to really put everything behind it because, because we have to get to market you know, quickly. We have to you know, build out um, not just the product. I mean, everything that came, you know, that came alongside it, whether it was you know, Magento uh, Connect at the time and, you know, and the website and just everything else took a toll and took resources. I think we, we got to the point where we said, look, is this, is this really going to happen? And if it is going to happen, then we have to fully commit to it. Mm-hmm. And it can't be, you know, it, it can't be done uh, on the side, right? It, 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 really needs to be, it really needs to be the focus. Mm-hmm. Now, right. you know, in, in all fairness, right? So when we had this vision to build out the product, what we really, you know, in parallel started to do was actually launch a blog. And this was part of the, really the marketing strategy around how do we get the word out? How do we build a community and an audience that's going to be really excited about what we have to bring to the market? Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm not sure if it's still on the blog today. Maybe, maybe, um, maybe it is. It was there um, a year or two ago. Uh, but if you They've look probably back, since burned all of your all of your material. <laughs> what? I was actually shocked, you know, that we kept it for for, for so many years. Uh, but maybe maybe it's it's on or, uh, somewhere on online. But if you look, but, but if you look back, um, you know, you'll see a lot of posts, you know, dating back to two thousand and seven, two thousand and eight where we really shared a lot about what we were building. And I you know, I even went around with this little, you know, canon um, power shot camera, whatever they, whatever. And that was, was not, like. that was not a typo. It was Canon. It was not GoPro or anything or an iPhone. <laughs> that was the Canon. Right. No. Um, and I interviewed, you know, designers and engineers and had them talk about what they're building and why they're excited about it. And I posted it, uh, online and I can't remember how, because I'm not even sure YouTube was online then. Oh. Uh, but but you know but 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 we shared a lot of information right and we wanted to expose people to what we were building 
So by the time, so if you fast forward a bit, by the time we really had to make a decision about are we all in or are we not all in, we had already a, you know, a blog up and running, a community that's talking about the product. Um, we would get hundreds of comments, you know, for many of our posts. Yeah. So I had, you know, felt that there was something really interesting here. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't a complete sort of, um, you, you know, it, the decision wasn't done. You saw the signs there. Yeah, yeah. I felt there was something yeah. there. And honestly, I fell in love with it. Right. And That's I, awesome. think I became blind to the risk. Okay. Well, well, I was going to ask, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, speaking to agencies and stuff like that and the decision to switch or to, to get into product or whatever. I see a lot of agencies that want to get into product um, and they try something, they build a product and, and it just doesn't, it doesn't take off. Um, and the agency side is what makes the money. Why do you think that happens? I mean, you mentioned, you know, kind of going full on into the product versus doing it on the side. Why do you think that happens so much? And what specific advice would you give to agencies that are maybe thinking about product or dabbling in it? Yeah. So, you know, it, it doesn't happen a lot because it's really, really hard to do when you're focused on, on services and where services make, you know, make your, your bread and butter, um, you know, really pay the bills. You, you know, you're always going to err on the side of, you know, of making sure the bills are paid. Um, and, and I've had this, you know, conversation with, with many services companies from the Magento ecosystem and from, you know, and, and, and outside of it. Um, right. And my best advice is, look, you have to carve that out. It has to be a completely different company with a, you know, with a budget that you set for it. Um, make sure it's, 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 you know, it's budgeted enough to, to, to really give it a chance. And then write a little document, you know, write, write yourself on, on, on what you need to see in order to fully commit to this, um, you know, in a specific uh, timeline that makes sense. Um, if, you, if you're going to try to do both at the same time in the same business with the same people, um, it's, it's not impossible, right? But it's really, really mm-hmm. difficult to do. And in fact, you don't see many success stories, right. um, you know, because of that. So, you know, to do that, I, I really feel you have to carve it out. You have to commit to it. You have to budget it appropriately. Um, you have to have a leader there, whether it's the CEO or, you know, or, or, you know, or a senior executive, um, be fully committed to it, right? If you're going to try to wear both hats at the same time, you know, it's, it's going to start off being okay. But what happens over time is that you begin to lean towards, towards the service side because at the end of the day, you know, the customer's call in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. They have issues, you know, oftentimes. Um, they're expecting mm-hmm. a level of service that you need to, you know, deliver. Um, and it just becomes, it becomes really, really difficult. For us, we got to the point where we had to fire our customers. Right, we were that deep into it. You know, not only didn't we take any more projects, right? We literally started to tell our customers to leave, right? And that was a very difficult thing, but it needed to be done. It needed to be done to give Magento a chance to survive. Otherwise, we would, um, you know, we would have had a very difficult time balancing it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I really felt that that needed to be done um, for us to be fully, fully engaged. Wow. Well, that's an act- actionable advice for the agencies listening. <laughs> and uh, Caitlin, uh, I and no. Philip, I know, I know you got me on the show just to get Roy to come as well. It's true. So I'll just. Uh, no, I'm just <laughs> <kidding>. <laughs> hey, as your uh, MFG, <laughs> you are our official MFG. Yeah, so I, I demand respect. No, okay. So uh, I just, I'll just 
chime in with some anecdotes on everything yeah. if you don't mind. But um, firing customers, that was the last point Roy said. There was literally a customer that uh, I don't remember the name and I wouldn't show that anyway, but that literally uh, was bugging Roy with phone calls to take uh, the project on, right? And mm. it came to the point where they came literally flew to LA with a check and put the check on Roy's table and said, take my money. I want you to do my project. And Roy said, no. So that's, and wow. when we say fire, uh, fire customers, that's how bad it was. There was a huge demand for what we were doing wow. and uh, we had to really turn away money. And I that, just want to, um, and that man's also, name, uh, Bob Schwartz. I won't say no, it, but even if I, was, I don't remember to be honest. All right, right, right. Uh, but just, uh, uh Two other things about being a, a services company and changing into that. Well, it helped a lot with us because our our deal with Roy was uh, we work on that in our after hours. So we were eight hours a day doing services that were paying the bill and then doing uh, their next eight hours working on Magento and Weekend. So, <laughs> so that was the original deal until Roy kind of like saw the light. But just to keep everybody honest. So when he says you have to have dedicated staff in the two separate companies, that doesn't have to be different people. That can just be... No. Yeah, diff- uh, dedicated uh, working days. Yeah, <laughs> working hours. Dedicated yeah. shifts. Wow, that's intense. So we were working in shifts. Yeah, in technology, you can work in shifts. That's how you do it. <laughs> uh, and and then just on a more serious note, I think I completely agree with Roy. You know, being a services company and a lot of services companies that even I talk to want to uh, spun off and or spin off and create a product. Um, you have to really think about how long it's going to take for the product to become profitable. And it's a lot of time it's a mindset that's hard for services company because it's quick money, right? Compared to yeah. a product. And it's like, you know, I'm making a service. I'm, I have five developers working on a project. They make me money. Come, money's coming into the company. We, we can grow. We can invest in the company. Versus a product that's a longer term investment. And, and this mindset has to be there. And I think, again, that was one thing we had to change our mind. I think the first two years were kind of hard, right? 07, 08. Uh, we're kind of hard, but again, we stuck to it. We we continued investing, and I think that's the mindset that if you are in a services business and you're trying to go into a product, you have to change a bit the mindset about when you're going to become profitable, how much you have to invest to see any return uh, back on the product. Yeah, that and, and I think you're you're spot on there too. I you know I obviously I work for uh, a systems integrator, and uh, the thing that they talk about all the time is. Uh, is uh, they have no visions of grandeur, like they know exactly who they are, right? They 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 don't want to build a product. They're not enticed by sexy, you know, triple digit margins. There's nothing that to them uh, is 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 more important than understanding that they're just glorified accountants and lawyers. There's uh, and and if like if you can do that and be okay with that and be content with that, then you'll do great uh, in in running a successful services business. Um, but I, I don't think people are you know, in that space, I don't think they are content with, uh, you know, 40, 50% gross margin. Like, <laughs> in fact, some of them are probably barely making 10. Um, and, and, and that's, you know, that's just the, the nature of, of software services, uh, that exists today. Um, and that again, perfect environment. You know, you look at, you look at the communication channels that you built, Roy, you were talking about your blog, but I remember the Magento forums in the early days, it was the only channel that we had to communicate. And if community formed around that and you owned that channel, Right. And, and today we have so many channels like 
uh, Stack Exchange and and things which you you don't own, which which aren't branded, which don't reinforce the brand on a daily basis. That don't give well, you. They are, they are branded now, technically. Well, they're, they're but they're not branded with the. It's not well. I guess yeah. They're branded with a Magneto icon though. But <laughs> the, the problem with the Magento <laughs> Stack Exchange, and I say this as a moderator, so I'll tread lightly. But the problem is, is that you know. Magento has no control over that brand experience, obviously, uh, because of the the crazy logo that's there. But uh, you know, Magento has no control over that, and you know, Magento's own people sometimes get downvoted to oblivion when they come in and answer questions. So it's 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 sort of like it's it's its own thing. Um, and the fact that Magento existed in in a in a time in in this you know in this digital commerce history uh, where they controlled those mediums to some degree. Uh, is is incredible, um, just an incredible, uh, uh, you know, incredible timing. How do you, do you see it that way, Roy? Do you see that that the timing was fortuitous, and do you think that you, you know, obviously you are doing some uh, some uh, similar work, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But um, you know, do you think the timing had a lot to do with the success of Magento? Um, what what's, yeah, what's your yeah, take? I, yeah, I mean, I, absolutely right. I think that um, you know. I, I think there were a number of factors that, and, you know, I think timing was absolutely key. I mean, you know, none of us saw this in advance, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or at least, at least I didn't, I'm not, maybe you have seasons differently, but, but I, you know, I, I didn't, you know, I don't recall having a single, a single conversation, you know, where we said, look, this is the right time to do it because, you know, X, Y, and Z, right. We just felt like, look, right. there's an opportunity. Our customers need, need a great product, you know, within an open source um, type of a, you know, environment, and there's nothing out there, right? But none of us really talked about the timing because it feels like it's something you think about, you know, looking backwards rather than forwards, right? And and so you know, so um, you know, so timing was was absolutely um, key. I think another thing, um, you know, that really worked to our favor was that, you know, at the time that we started developing the product, um, open source, especially commercial open source was an area that was getting a lot of investment mm. in. Um, there were a lot of really high-profile projects like MySQL um, that was you know, acquired by, by Sun at the time for about a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, JBoss um, you know, raised a lot of money and then acquired by, by Red Hat. Um, so there was a lot going on um, back then that was really encouraging us to really invest you know, in a commercial open source model because we saw the market really shifting, shifting towards it. Um, so that's another data point. And then um, one or two more things, you know, we really uh, appreciated um, at, at Varian at the time um, the aesthetics and design and user experience. Mm. You know, those were things that were important to us, things that I've added. Still there? Valued highly. Oh. Um, and when we were working, you know, their customers, we obviously gave them, you know, a, you know, one of the benefits in, of working with us was, was of course that, that really strong, um, you know, commitment to a user experience that would be really, really well done. And what we did is we brought a user experience and design aesthetic mindset to yeah. an open source product, which yeah. at the time did not exist, right? Nobody really thought about right. that. You saw open source projects, which were just horrendous, you know, from mm-hmm. a experience perspective. Right. And and I think that we said, look, if we can make open source look like commercial in terms mm-hmm. of the value and the and the aesthetics, like a commercial product, um, people are gonna start to you know to really see our vision and get behind it and be excited about it. And right. and that was something that was really, I would say, 
you know, ingrained in how we thought about developing the product mm -hmm. and about how we would go to market because we believed that an open source product did not necessarily need to look like it's like it's the 1970s. Mm -hmm. right? <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah. yeah, that's funny. I, I, it's trivial today, right? But yeah, right. wasn't. Yeah, you kind of take it for granted now that that'll be the case. But you're right. I mean, back in those days, you'd have these projects on SourceForge that, you know, that just would be looking Turtle, crazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what's, I, I'm curious, you know, you guys have worked together for so long and you guys must work really well together. What's the dynamic between you two? You know, you have, you mentioned Roy was really, uh, took some bold risks in, in terms of dump, jumping into product and things like that. And obviously you have, you've, you have a, a the technical mastermind behind uh, a huge software community, multiple software communities. How do you guys work together? What's it, what's it like for you guys? How do you play off of each other? You so I think start? I'll, I'll start. Yeah. Like every, every married couple. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I think, uh, you know, I think what we did learn to do is that we kind of split the responsibilities and we almost let each other go uh, in their own direction. I think where we were kind of uh, interacting mostly was on strategy, bouncing ideas off each other and stuff like that. But in terms of, yeah, it's exactly like you said it, like Roy, I still think is one of the, the best uh, marketing people I know. So positioning the product um, and setting uh, kind of expectations and, and kind of promoting the thing, that was amazing. And um uh, and then, of course, running the business side of this uh, things, and then the, almost leaving me alone with the product and technology, like you said. Uh, again, strategy was where we met, so the product had to meet the strategy. Um, and, and just in the design, Roy always kept on saying, you know, I want no limitations on what the product can look like. Mm -hmm. uh, and he kept on showing, uh, you know, websites that he liked and said, I want to be able to do this. Uh, on uh, Magento, and I, I want—I don't want to hear no for an answer. So, you know, that's how flexible we had to build the front end of it to be able to kind of run any kind of design. So, setting the bar high for me um, was never a problem for Roy. <laughs> I'll say that, and us uh, having like on the tech team to, to you know scramble and find a, a way to solve everything. Um, and then again, I promised anecdotes. So one of them was. Uh, and I, I don't know if it's out or anybody found it, but Roy wanted us uh, as a test, uh, that was like a joke or not, but to implement the OS Commerce default design on Magento. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's just an anecdote. But yeah, otherwise, just working together, I think we learned to kind of, um, each was focused on their own kind of area, making sure that, you know, 100% trust in each other to, to do it right. Um, and then the strategy, so we were in sync and um, and kind of setting high expectations and goals from each other. So I think that really worked great on my end. Yeah, totally. And uh, you know, so I you know I try to really stay out as much as I can out of the technology side of things. I, I didn't think I would be able to contribute much. I mean, you know, Yoav and his team were fantastic, and, and they did such a great job. And um, but you know, coming from, you know, a background of, of really speaking with hundreds of merchants and understanding their needs and their pain points over the years, you know, I knew what, what customers really, you know, wanted from a, you know, aesthetic design, from a user experience, from a, you know, a functionality perspective. So we, we really tried to push the bar as much as we could, knowing what the limitations of OS Commerce were back in the day and how that was limiting us in terms of what we could provide to our customers back then. Um, we knew that a new platform would have to be you know, very flexible and, you know, and agile and really, really solve a lot of the problems that we saw back, you know, back then. So yeah, I think your app is absolutely right. I mean, we, we pushed really, 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 really hard. 
um, on you know the technology to deliver um, what we felt was you know was an experience that would be second to none. Um, another you know aspect of this is that you know on dates and deadlines, you know I knew that as a company we would have to build credibility with the market, right? And if we committed to a date, um, we need to deliver a product on a specific date. I mean, there's no ifs ifs and buts about it, mm-hmm. um, and there's no excuses, right? Because if we're if we're trying to um, build credibility, we do that on day one, and we publicly commit to a date. And the best way to do that is you deliver the product on on that day. Um, mm. and let me tell you something that was really difficult to do, mm. um, because just, you know, things just don't go your way sometimes. And, you know, you all know this, you know, technology can, can often, um, you know, take a little time to perfect. Um, and, and, you know, we had, you know, situations where people lived in the office for days and days. Um, we had, you know, one gentleman, uh, who's moved on, you know, early, um, um, after we released the product. And, and I think, I mean, you know, was he there like three, four weeks straight? I mean, I, at some point I offered to take him home to take a shower and like drive him. I brought him <laughs> well, food. The, people, the, the other people were begging us to take him home to have a shower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true too. Yeah. I mean, it was, it, it kind of got insane, honestly. I mean, that's not what, you know, that's not the type of environment you want to have, you know, in your office, but people were so committed and dedicated and the dates were so clear in everyone's minds that we would have to deliver, um, that, that we just really, really pushed ourselves hard. Um, but in terms of the, you know, dynamic, yeah, I mean, you know, you have would, would focus on, on, you know, the tech side and, and I would kind of take care of everything else. Um, and it worked really, you know, really, really well for sure. Wow. And nice. uh, our, 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 our actual record was not by this guy. This guy, um, was staying in the office, sleeping in the office. We had one guy, Michael Basolov that, uh, worked, I think broke the record almost four and a half Days straight without sleeping, and uh, he like literally uh, collapsed it in. So that was the record: four and a half days straight well, of <laughs> writing code. Yeah, I mean, I remember this. I, you know, we we traveled to the Ukraine. You know, it's a it's a long flight from Los Angeles. You get there, you're jet lagged. You're pretty awful for the you know for the first week. And I would get to the office, and it'd be you know it'd be like four or five a.m., and I'd be just collapsing already. Wow. You know, and here I am, you know, the CEO of the company, and I, I have to show an example. Yet I am literally just like shattered to pieces already, and I need to go to sleep. And these guys just keep on going, and I'm I'm just like this is this is amazing. It's incredible. I can't. I, I just I can't keep up with these guys. Um, but they were that committed and that you know that much um, you know into what we were building. Um, you know the team in the Ukraine, the team in Los Angeles, certainly as well. Um, you know, and you have obviously you know led all of that, and that was just you know amazing for me to see. Uh, to the point where I literally just crashed and crashed again and again, just trying to keep up with them. Wow. That's uh well, I've never heard that story before. And uh, it, it sort of goes hand in hand with the, uh, with some of the things we've said on the podcast, you know, in, in, in recent, uh, uh, well, in the past couple of years, which is, you know, every single thing that we cling to in our modern technology, um, you know, from the la- laptop that we're using to the Skype that we're recording on to the phone in my hand, um, you know, those some somebody somewhere uh, put blood, sweat and tears into that thing and and uh, and lost lots of sleep over it. And people agonize over, you know, minutia. Uh, but we don't realize that these are this is like people's like entire lives and, and hopes and dreams, you know, uh, are wrapped up in, into these, into these projects. Some of them are extremely successful. Magento's very successful. Some aren't right. And, and, um, 
so I, I, you know, it's, that's, it's, we're, we're talking about a success story, but I just kind of think, you know, kind of think, uh, you know, uh, we're all working very, very hard for, uh, these, these, these dreams that we have. And, um, and, and I hope, uh, I know speaking with Yoav on the show uh, 50 some episodes ago, uh, you know, how much gratitude that you guys have uh, for the success of the platform. Um, And, uh, and, you know, you've, you've shown that over and over and over again in your investment back into the community and, uh, and how you continue to, uh, to create and sustain uh, communities of, you know, of, uh, you know, of, of people like us. Um, And, and so I, you know, I personally thank you. Um, for, for everything, all that, <laughs> all that sacrifice has been worth it for, for me, uh, certainly. Um, and, and I know and that I there want to tell you, it's, a it's bunch the, of people the same that, energy. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's that what I remember again, it's one of the things I think Roy was saying that, you know, now once we released Magento and we were like, okay, and now we can relax and, you know, take a few days vacation. Roy was like, no, now we have people depending on this, right? <laughs> for the next, next version. And, and so we never slowed down. I think for the first uh, two to three years, I think we were at 110% all the time. We were working crazy hours, 60 hour weeks for sure, if not more. And it's, it was that intense for that long. And, I, you know, looking back, it's, yeah, I was a bit younger, but um, the team and everybody that kept that momentum going, I mean, it's hand in hand from the energy we felt from the ecosystem and what we expected, what we felt people expecting from us and what they wanted us to improve. And it was, you know, the ecosystem, you guys and everybody was fueling us, right? They were giving us this energy uh, and the team. I mean, you know, the team from almost unknown people that worked on, you know, these projects for customers, suddenly they got recognition on the forum and mm. people liked what they did and, they, and, and they, they felt ownership of that. So I think it helped all over. Mage Talk is brought to you by MageMail. MageMail is the triggered email app for Magento. Triggered email can increase your revenue from 8 to even 12%. MageMail is easy and risk-free to try out, and it comes with a free concierge onboarding service. So all you have to do is sit back and watch the orders start to roll in. You can start your risk-free trial today at magemail.co. MageTalk is brought to you by MageMojo, a 360-degree customer support Magento hosting company. 360-degree customer support means every facet of your store is under support when you're at MageMojo. That's everything from the performance of your store to code-level support in the Magento core, and even patches will be applied by MageMojo on your behalf without your having to worry about a single thing. They have the fastest SLA in the entire Magento hosting realm, and they'll even give you money to switch back to your old host if you don't like them. I want you to try them out today at magemojo.com. That's M-A-G-E-M-O-J-O.com slash magetalk for a special offer. So so I do have a question. So we, we're kind of in this era talking about the you know, the, the initial launch and, and sort of that push toward, uh, you know, becoming focused a hundred percent on the product. Um, could, could one of you sort of help me understand when did you realize that you could have a bigger impact if you, if you, uh, you know, linked up with a, uh, with a company larger than yourself, like eBay, when, when did that, like, 
when did that start to to become apparent to you as a business that uh, or as a product that you needed uh, larger capital investment or or more resources or you know what, kind of maybe talk about that a little bit there, Roy? Yeah, so you know we we released a product in two thousand um, and eight, and this was the community the community edition product in 2008. Mm-hmm. And then a year later we released the enterprise edition in 2009. I think it was, um, uh, March or April, uh, or April of 2009. And, you know, I would say until the day we released the enterprise product, we really did not have a business. We, we had a great product. We had a community that was thriving around the product. We had a lot of buzz in the market. People loved, you know, the solution that, that Magenta brought to the world, mm-hmm. but there was no business. Right. It was really, really difficult. In fact, I remember months, you know, between 2008 and 2009 where we would, you know, barely cover peril. Right. Mm-hmm. It was that, that, you know, that crazy. Um, but, you know, we never lost sight of what we wanted to do and never really gave up and, and, you know, continue to fight the fight. Um, hence the hours that we put into it. Um, but, you know, we knew that if we really wanted to scale this thing and then, you know, we started to see tens of thousands of merchants use the product. So we knew that this was really, you know, a product that, that um, you know, it was really taking commerce to the next level. And if we could, you know, begin to monetize the user base and begin to really work with merchants a lot closer, there could be opportunities, you know, in, in the payment space, in the shipping space, in, you know, in other areas that could really allow us to build, um, you know, in business on top of what was a great community and certainly great product as well. Um, and that's, you know, that's how the conversations really began, um, you know, with PayPal, you know, at the time, right. um, mm-hmm. you know, and others. And, you know, and, and we said, look, um, we, we, we think we have a great product. We think if we can continue to really double down on the open source nature of the product, um, really get it into merchants' hands, um, in as painless way as possible, um, really reducing the friction in which merchants can adopt the product, mm-hmm. build out great agency relationships and partnerships um, so that they can develop and really customize the solution to, to the merchant's needs, we could get scale. And if we can continue to get scale, um, you know, boy, that does that present an opportunity to those who can mm-hmm. actually provide ancillary services to those types of merchants. Right. And, and that's kind of where the conversations, you know, began. Um, I, I think PayPal at the time was really excited about that. Um, I think they were also excited about the fact that Magento was a platform and this was an age and, uh, you know, time where, um, where, you know, the Facebook platform just came out. Um, you know, Twitter had a platform, you know, platform was all the rage, you know, in Silicon sure. Valley back then right. mm-hmm. uh, at that time. And, and, you know, here we are, and, and you know we have a commerce platform. Yeah. Uh, so super relevant at the time. Again, nobody predicted this, right? You, you know, even two thousand, you know, seven two thousand eight, we didn't even see this coming. <laughs> yeah, and everybody has a platform, and everybody wants a platform. Um, so I think they love the developer as- you know aspect of this. I think they love the fact that merchants adopted the product and loved it, um, and 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 they had a payments you know offering that could tap into it mm-hmm. and and really give them access and. Um, sort of insights into, you know, into, into, into a merchant base, um, that, that is for the first time been, you know, somewhat, you know, consolidated within a single platform. Mm-hmm. And right. that's, and that's fair because if you think about where, you know, what, what merchants were using back then, it was, you know, homegrown to, to many other platforms and services. And, you know, it was really hard to reach a merchant base because, because it's, you know, every single merchant had something different. 
Right. Uh, you know, today right. it looks very, very different, but back then it was just a plethora of solutions. And, and, if, and I, I think they saw in Magento, and I think we, you know, certainly saw that right, right in line with them. Mm-hmm. That hey, if we could double down on this, you know, open source strategy, get the product into the hands of merchants, reduce friction, continue, you know, continue developing the product, that we could have a, a significant chunk of the of the of the merchant base. Right. And if that happens, and and, and tens of billions of dollars flow through Magento. Hmm. Then, then opportunities, you know, really exciting big opportunities can emerge. Right, right. Um, and that's what you know what the conversation is really about. Right. Um, if I could touch on a little bit of a of maybe a hot button issue uh, politically, I know you know prize won't be too brutally honest, but wouldn't be doing my, my job if I. <laughs> oh God! Whoa! <laughs> Shots fired. Um, <laughs> She's often confused. Uh, would um, in terms of the acquisition and things like that, with you know, you have you uh, leaving, you know, a little bit early. And I remember reading; I think it was a blog post where you had said, you know, that you were leaving and that you were going to explain kind of the reasons behind it later. And I don't know if I ever, uh, you know, got those. Um, so. <laughs> I, I just, I know it's a little politically incorrect, but I'm going to jump right in. I know you, you know, you might not be able to address it too directly, but to the extent that you can, what, what did that look like? I think it's something that, you know, people are probably curious about even to this day. I know I am. What, what did that look like when you left? What were some of the reasons why? So you want Roy's take on it or? <laughs> yes, I want both. Well, starting with Yoa, starting with Yoa. <laughs> so I think, you know, it's, uh, it probably looked like more drama than it really was. I think it was more of uh, kind of a contract issue. Um, basically, X-Commerce started taking over and we were put into that organization within uh, eBay. Um, and it was just built as they were kind of putting the idea together. So Magento was put under that umbrella of X-Commerce and, mm. um, and there was like, two CTOs at that time, me and uh, one more guy. Okay. Um, and it's kind of, they wanted to do a reorg and the uh, reorg kind of triggered my uh, contract. Um, and to be honest, I really wanted to stay on board. I offered uh, a way out how we can solve it where probably they just pay me out and, uh, and we get um, a new contract in place. Um, and that seemed to be the direction we were going for a while until legal got in and said, well, we can't really do that. So um, I was proposed, I was offered the, um, Two, two options, and uh, I picked the one that I, I felt was the right one for me and my family, to be honest. And um, uh, unfortunately, very, it was a very tough decision. Uh, I found myself uh, out of uh, Magento uh, sooner than I uh, was hoping for. I, I like to say that you know, I finally got um, all the toys that, uh, or ability to, to play with all the toys that I wanted and enough uh, uh, money to finance all these ideas that we had, and then uh, it was kind of pulled away. But um, other than that, again, it was the right decision for me and my family. It was a very hard decision, but uh, I had oh, to basically sure. leave eight months into it. Got it. So was that, was that before, that was before the, uh, or just after like Innovate and the fabric and all of that, right? That, no, I was at Innovate. I gave a keynote at Innovate. Right. Uh, yeah. So that was, uh, that was after that. Yeah. Hmm. And and that must have been tough. Uh, you know, you 
like you just put all the sacrifice into this product and and now uh you're walking away uh did you sort of did you have uh some sort of thought about what was next at that point in time or did you kind of need to uh you know sort of take stock and figure figure that out uh, so in terms of myself i i have a problem if i would uh stop um, so Roy actually gave me advice that, uh, as we see now, he didn't follow on his own, um, if he's willing to share, but, uh, he told me take a break and, you know, go figure stuff out. Um, just knowing myself, I was afraid that if I do take a break, I will never come back. Mm. And I had a lot of, uh, things I wanted to kind of build and new ideas that I had and how, you know, how to build the product differently than I did the first time. So I, I actually jumped in pretty fast into it. I took well, a very short, uh, number of days and I started advising a company um, in the dig- digital printing space actually and then after that started Oro uh, a few months later in October so I literally had six months of um, kind of slowdown mm. um, but uh, just personally me I, I you know Roy actually's advice looking back would probably be, be the right one is like take a year or a year and a half or even two years off you know um, just uh, reset and start over, uh, figure out what you want to do. Uh, I just jumped back into it. Uh, <laughs> again, I, I, I had all this energy and <laughs> just going from 100 to zero was Pent too fast too soon. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And, and Roy, what was that like when, when Yoav had to, had to leave? That must have been difficult. It was tough. Um, you, you know, I mean, it was really tough, but it was a tough eight months, you know, leading, leading, you know, leading to it. It wasn't like it was an overnight decision. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we fought hard for many months, you know, and if I take a step back and I say, look, um, what was really the issue? I, you know, to me looking back and it's been, you know, it's been a good, good number of years since, but, but, but looking back, I, I think that X.commerce never made any sense to me and you off, like as a strategy, it just never made any sense. It didn't even pass the sniff test. And, and it all started there, right? Because if the strategy would have made sense, I think we could have found a way to make everything else work. Mm. And I think once, you know, we really, really tried. I mean, you know, we tried to really listen to it and be open-minded and, and, and understand it. Um, you know, a lot of it was shared pre-acquisition or right, right at the cusp of the acquisition. And then following the acquisition, certainly we had more exposure to it and more time to dedicate to it. Um, never really, never really got behind it. And we try to, you know, one protect Magento on one side and, and on the other side, we try to really talk some sense into the guys that are running it. Right. Hmm. And say, look guys, this is just not going to work. And here's why, you know, really, you know, not just saying no, saying, look, you know, here's, you know, it's not going to work. Here's, here's, here's why. And, and here's a recommendation. Um, um, we didn't get anywhere, uh, you know, for a very long time. I think, you know, you have, um, decided that you know enough was enough um and then he was in a position to to leave um i didn't quite have the same dynamics um i i don't know what i would have decided you know if those dynamics were you know were were sort of you know similar uh mm. you know for me back then you know possibly the same thing um wow but you know but um you know we i continued you have you have left and um you know, from that point of time, I really felt that we would have to figure out a way to, you know, keep Magento going, keep the tech team intact and, and you know, continue to innovate, which proved that to be difficult, you know, um, right. difficult, you know, since he left. But I, I, I think really, 
you know, maybe even before that, I think that's when some of the challenges in terms of just, you know, coming into a bigger organization and, you know, trying to find, you know, trying trying to find the the essence again of what 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 we stand for, and, you know, where where we, we want to take technology and the product. I think some of those problems began probably you know post acquisition, you know, um, as well. So hmm. challenging, absolutely. Wow, that's uh, I'm refraining from tweeting any of what you just said. Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, but I, mean, I, I just not, I, before, before we make <laughs> no, 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 I know. Uh, I got you. Too serious. I think I, I do want to share that. You know, one thing that we, I remember, again, I'm, I'm kind of the voice of the past, but one of the conversations that Roy and I had prior to selling is like, again, we were extremely uh, hopeful and I think we saw a big vision, even bigger than we had in mind before, because now it can be funded. Uh, but there was always this risk, right, that it might not work out. And um, again, making that decision, going in right. eyes open, I mean, we, we, we hoped for the best, but, uh, you know, um, we couldn't say that the, the worst could have, could happen, and uh, maybe it did for me. Um, but I think um, you know it was just priorities. I think uh, we were should you know just looking back where X Commerce kind of interfered with Magento, it could have mo- maybe succeeded more if we just kept Magento going with everything we had to do with which was integrated to the old eBay products. Um, work on Magento 2, right, which we just launched at the start of that, um, and and be able to continue working on that without slowing down because of X-Commerce, I think it would be a, a much more successful uh, and no lag time for Magento in terms of development. But that said, again, when you go into an acquisition, um, you have to think that, you know, it might not all be roses and uh, and everything will work out. And I think that's a risk you have to take as uh, uh, entrepreneurs when you sell your business um, that, you know, Right. There might be a really rosy picture, but there might be some things that won't work out as well. What, what was the? I, I have to ask. What was your uh, perspective being on the inside and kind of being there from like UCLA days, right? And and creating this thing with like you know Lindy and Piotr and these guys, like watching this grow, getting that office in Culver City, right? That had to have been awesome. <laughs> and and now you're kind of like, oh, now we've got to tell you know ten thousand merchants that we just got bought by eBay. What was that like? So I was sweating it, I have to say. <laughs> it was so, so hard to do. Um, not because I didn't believe in or, or stand behind it, but, but how do you find the words to say that, mm. you know, that the time has come, you know, and, uh, and we're going to be joining a bigger company. Um, I was sweating telling our employees, uh, which was much more of a concern for me, right, telling our team. Um, because you never know how they, you know, how they take it. You know, they, uh, there's so many questions that come up after something, you know, this, this big, you know, about, about their daily life, about what their work will look like, you know, uh, career opportunities, you know, et cetera, et cetera, that I just didn't have the answers, you know, to at that, at that point in time, um, you know, to now dealing with a community that, that may have many opinions about, you know, whether it's good, bad, or, you know, or somewhere in the middle. Uh, hmm. it wasn't easy. It needed to get done. I remember we rented, um, I don't know if we've ever told this, but we re- we actually rented a conference room in a hotel about two miles from the office where we spent maybe about a week before the, before we announced the acquisition, we hmm. spent with a very core part of our executive team where we mapped everything out, you know, hmm. from, you know, from the press releases to the internal communication that we wanted to convey to the employees, um, you know, to, to taking 
care of, of course of all the paperwork but we were just next next door literally to the office yet hold wow. up you know for days just trying to take care of it all so that mm. when the time comes we would be fully prepared and ready to you know to talk about it um you know in a professional way as possible mm. um both internally and externally right um i can't remember if we did a good job or not um but <laughs> you know we, we gave it our best <laughs> what was the reaction like internally what was the uh what was the mood so um i remember you know one um one of the nights i called i called all my direct reports um you have were you in the room with me when when i did that if it was the acquisition, I was in Mallorca and uh, I think in the developer paradise. Mm. <laughs> so I, you know, I, I'm, I'm sitting in this conference room and I call, I don't know, I had about maybe 10 people to call, right? And I, I started going through the list and I call all my direct reports. And um, I remember like every single one, you know, so I, I give them the news and then, I'm ex- I, you know, I, I don't know what to expect. Like, do you expect like, oh my God, it's the best thing in the world. It's awesome. Or do they start to ask a lot of questions immediately about what, what does it mean for me, right? Which is, you know, the human thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I would get silence every single time for like 15, 20 seconds. <laughs> it would be, and I, you, know, you, don't, you don't even know what to think. Like, is that? <laughs> and I really, you know, I, I was really, you know, I mean, I was friendly with everybody and I was really close to every, you know, to, to my team. And, and, and I just didn't know what, what to think of it, you know, at the time. And, um, you know, but the 10th call, I mean, it was already kind of, I, I kind of knew what to expect, you know, at that, at that moment, but it, it, it takes a few seconds to digest and kind of come to terms with, with the, you know, with the facts. Um, you know, and once that, that happened, I think almost everybody was really ecstatic about the opportunity and, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, and I was really, you know, looking forward to, um, you know, to what's next, which was, right. you know, a very different experience than what, um, we've all been accustomed to before. Right. 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 Uh, so I have a question, uh, Roy, about uh, about Oro. Uh, not that we're jumping off of Magenta. I'm kind of just jumping around. Um, you know, we talked with with Yoav in a previous episode and kind of dove into it. Um, I'm I'm curious how I know you're on the board or you're an advisor um, to to Oro, and we talked about kind of the timing. Board, board of advisors. Board of advisors. There we go. <laughs> and yeah. we talked about you know the timing of what made Magento work, and Yoav talked about how. You know, with Oro, he was able to do things a little bit differently, and but yet you see a lot of tremendous parallels. Um, and I'm, I was curious what you see as the parallels um, with kind of the rise of Oro to Magento, and what are some of the differences in 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 the business, in the software, the community. You know, it has so many similarities with the really excited user base and developer base, tremendous growth. Uh, obviously, say a similar founding team. Um, so, what are some of the parallels and differences that you see as you compare to Magento? Yeah, um, you, you know. So, I think from from you know from what's parallel, um, you know, obviously there's there's an open source story to this that is that is very very exciting, right? And I think that um, you know, building a passionate audience that that can have access to software in a in a in a low friction you know, um, highly accessible manner is always a good thing. And I think, I think, you know, what, what you have and, you know, and Jari and Dima and the team have built, um, you know, is absolutely fantastic. I think the strategy that they've, they've chosen, um, you know, starting with the CRM product, the very data driven, um, you know, open source CRM product into, you know, that built on top of a business application platform and now, 
commerce product, you know, coming into the mix as well. I, I think th- those assets are, you know, tremendous. And I think they're, they're going to give merchants, you know, B- B2B merchants, um, you know, a great opportunity to really take advantage of some, some really strong um, and innovative tools um, in a space that has been relatively dormant, if you think about it, um, mm. you know, um, historically. Um, so I think the, the ability to innovate now, um, much like Magenta was back in the day in terms of really steering the innovation around commerce, um, I think they can do that now with, with B2B. You know, and, that's, and that's why you know, I was happy to, um, you know, to, to, to join the team as an advisor here because I think that there's really tremendous opportunities to innovate um, you know, a space that's been, that's been relatively um, flat you know, over the years. And that, for me, is is something that I'm really, you know, passionate about, and I believe that I could, you know, that I could help. Mm. Um, you know, differences. I think that look. I think with Magento, you know, maybe maybe this has to do with B two C versus B two B. I'm not I'm not really sure, but but you know, the community. Um, I think the thirst for a B two C product back in, in those days was was tremendous right and 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 you know people jumped at it you know in record pace right they were really excited about the product they wanted to use it you know immediately there was little convincing that needed to be done right. um, and it was you know it's it, it sort of taken the product into an established market that already has a lot going on you know with it um and, and we we just rode the coattails right of what was already a thriving b2c open source uh, market uh, smaller, you know, less vibrant, maybe, but it was already there, right? Mm. I think where where maybe Oro and, and maybe you have a different opinion about this, and uh, I could be wrong. Who knows? Um, we can you have a little board meeting right here. Yeah, let's just do it right now. <laughs> yeah, uh, let me record it. <laughs> we have a quorum, right? Uh, <laughs> you know, but 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 maybe you know it. The market isn't quite as vibrant as it was, you know, specifically for B two B, right? As it was for B two C, you know, back then. And and it's just it's just going to take a little bit more work to kind of, you know, begin to stimulate it and begin to see it evolve and really accelerate, um, you know, at high pace, um, you know, using the ecosystem community sort of, um, you know, um, dynamics that that were very successful for Magento. Mm. You know, I'm not quite sure what what that looks like, you know, in a year or two, but but I know that it just it, it feels a little bit different. Um, not to say that it's a problem, but it just requires maybe different techniques and you know approaches to sort of addressing that type of opportunity. And and I completely agree. By the way, Roy, you know, I mean, with with Magento, it was this um, almost euphoria. Right? I mean, I can really do all this with this free product. I'm going to slap my logo on that and start becoming Amazon overnight, right? Um, <laughs> right. And start selling online, right? That was the kind of momentum and the kind of <laughs> you know, voice that we heard from the community time and time again. I think when we come to CRM and, uh, and B2B in general, it's a much grayer kind of uh, uh, maybe not as exciting uh, market, right? It's not mm. as, I, I say it's not as sexy as uh, B2C e-commerce. Um, right. There's a lot more hard work that needs to be done, more thinking, that's involved of figuring out how, how the product works for the company, how it integrates to the day-to-day operations. And, you know, and, and this is just also in general, 
both CRM and, and even B2B e-commerce, um, you know, bringing it to a company where there's a sales team already in place, you know, they love working with their uh, phone and with their uh, email at best, you know, if they're really technology driven as they think. Um, but convincing them that they need the system that works and, and changing, people don't like change, right? And this mm. B2B kind of industry is is probably one of the least uh, technology savvy. Uh, and this is changing. And I believe that it's changing. We see more and more of our customers that are coming and requesting more uh, solutions, more digital, uh, more kind of B2C features that they need to run their business. But right. it is a process. So yes, uh, hopefully people do become excited and start dancing and singing cover <laughs> songs with uh, Aura in the title. But, uh, <laughs> But, but let's be honest, it's probably... Phil can do one right now. <laughs> <laughs> you used to call but, me but on my a- Oro. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There you go. There you go. That was the first one on record. So I think, <laughs> I think it is a more uh, grayish kind of, uh, you know, again, like I said, not as sexy as B2C, but um, we are seeing uh, excitement. We're giving demos to companies uh, that are saying... Oh my God! I can really do this online today, or I can have my customers uh, submit uh, RFPs, and I don't have to pick up my phone every ten minutes. So people starting to kind of see it, and oh, there was one, a really simple one that they they print um, banners for conferences, and their 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 only request was that people can work on multiple events at the same time. And when we show them, yeah, you can do this out of the box because we have multiple uh, shopping lists or events or whatever you want to call it. And he's like, oh my God, that's, you don't know how much you solved because I used to do it on paper. And, and that's the kind of reactions we're getting now. And I think that's mm-hmm. where we want to be. So I think, again, we're, it's still early on, which I like it. We're, it's not as crowded maybe as we were at Magento, even though it's getting more crowded in the B2C space right now. The B2B, I think, is very exciting. Uh, if you're a technologist, if you like uh, e-commerce, if you, if you like to work with uh, businesses and solve their problems and make them more efficient and, and um, actually more profitable in the end, I think that is a very interesting industry to be at. Uh, you know, I, I actually recommend Oro CRM every single day. Um, well, five days a week. I'm going to be, I'm, I'm, I'm lying a little bit. Twice five days a week. Twice, twice, twice on Sundays. Twice on Sundays. Yeah, and we'll, we'll, we'll mail the check uh, right after yeah, the you got it. No problem. <laughs> you know, we are looking for another sponsor here, if you don't mind being tied to another Magento-centric thing. Um, <laughs> uh, no, you know, like, in, 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 in all seriousness, yeah, you've, you've made something that is, you know, it's, it's solving real world problems and people are using it and people seem to be uh, building huge things on it. Like I look at Akinio and, you know, I, I mean, at least my perception is, man, those, those, those guys are, they're crushing it, right? They've, they've created a little product niche for themselves. You know, PIM is not a new thing, but it, if, if B2B commerce is not sexy, PIM is like the least sexy thing I can think of. Um, and so my, uh, I, I honestly thought that that would get a lot more laughter, but anyway. So yeah, my I, I think we're I think we're quietly crying. On the <laughs> no, I love I love Pam. I, I think, but I was on mute. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Tweeted. That's the show title now. Thanks, Roy. Um, so no, but here's the here's 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 the thing. Um, in this space in 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 2016, it's like you know if you don't get acquired for a billion dollars by Oracle, it's like who in the heck are you? Like you don't even exist. Uh, so it's like everything has to be a Java, you know, cloud-based SaaS uh, uh, product in 2016 for it to, you know, even show up on people's radar. I, I think that that's such a such a short-sighted view of of what makes a business successful. 
um, these days. Although, you know, being written in Java wouldn't be a terrible thing. Um, but I, you know, I, I, I do think, um, you know, look, you, you fostered something incredible. Uh, have you thought to yourself that maybe the, uh, uh, you know, do you think that, uh, the time has passed for, uh, for these type of, uh, uh, self, uh, well, s- sort of self-hosted, uh, uh, own your own data. Do you think people just don't care about that sort of thing anymore about, you know, uh, self-hosting their own applications or their business enterprise applications? And, and you, I even see SAP and these guys, they're all good. They're all going all in on the cloud and people are, are rushing to it, you know, by the droves. What do you think? I think I think it's not. I, let me say it from a different point. I think it shouldn't matter where a merchant wants to be. If he wants to host it on his own, or he wants to use your cloud or a cloud for that matter, um, I think it should not be a topic of discussion. And again, there are still companies, believe it or not, and industries, complete industries that cannot still use the the, the cloud. Sure. Uh, more and more moving on the cloud. Yes. More and more regulations are being. Uh, um, adopted or adapted, let's say, to what these industries need so they can use the cloud. But a lot of industries, a lot of countries, a lot mm. of regulations and laws still prevent some industries, some uh, merchants, some uh, companies to go into the cloud. So right. I think the discussion should be not where I can or I have to host it, but what's the options. And I think this is the strategy that we have at Aura is that, of course, we, we have, you can consume the product on-premise, but you can also use it in our cloud. And the cloud is just a very optimized environment, uh, pre-configured with our solution on it. We're now releasing new features where it's more de- uh, developer-driven, so we still keep this uh, flexibility that you expect to, uh, to make the product work for you rather than just use an off-the-shelf, one-size-fit-all kind of product. But hosting and making sure the the uh, project is up and running or scaling it should not be the concern, right? Mm-hmm. If you don't want it to be. Uh, on the other hand, again, if you're a Fortune 500 company that has a lot of um, uh, firewalls that they have to abide by and you want it all behind the firewall, we should be able to uh, deploy yeah. into that environment. Oh, well. I know so all I think, about those things, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and yeah. today as a, as a software uh, company, we should just offer you know, to a, to a merchant to choose what works for them best. Um, Again, I absolutely agree with you that today the cloud is and defining the cloud and all that, but it shouldn't be a barrier of entry to using a solution anymore if you know how to host and scale your product. But mm. I think that's, that's what we're working on, and I think that's a strategy that most uh, software companies should have today. When you say scale, you mean just put varnish in front of it, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, you see, in, uh, with CRM, it's one scale because we're talking about a lot more data. Right. So how to scale a lot of data, making uh, reports run efficiently, uh, actually making the whole application run efficiently. When we're talking commerce, it's actually scaling uh, front-end traffic as well. Yeah. So Web scale. Uh, you know, right. and, yeah, and, <laughs> and by the way, for us in B2B, um, you know, price list was a huge one, right? I wow. mean, we... Mm-hmm. We have now already a better customer with millions of price lists that we have to uh, make the front end still work very, very efficiently with. So right. again, so it's it's scale in general, right? And it can be data, it can be traffic, it can be right. sort of. Hey, um, have you run any Magento benchmarks recently? No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, please let's not let's so not ever have that conversation that's, again. That's so episode seventy. Man. <laughs> yeah, <that's> episode. <laughs> Um, so, uh, my, my next question is, uh, uh, for Roy, you know, so you, um, are, you know, on the, on the board of several companies, you know, you've done the Magento thing and involved with Oro. Um, if you were starting a business today, if there's somebody listening, maybe they're an agency thinking about getting into product, um, maybe they're a developer, 
Um, what kind of a company would you, what kind of business would you start today if you were starting relatively fresh? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a really good, good question. I, you know, I think, um, you know, you and I maybe differ a little bit about, about that perspective. I think that the market has shown, you know, I'm talking about the stock market, right? Right. Um, and, you know, it's, it's shown that there's a lot of value in, in a, you know, in, in SaaS based companies, you know, recurring revenue, high margin, you know, cloud companies. Right. And I think that, that, you know, that's, that's, that's a data point that I would definitely, you know, consider as, as something that's valuable as far as, you know, building something that would be highly valued, right, uh, in the market. Um, and I, if, you know, if, if I were to start it again, and, and, you know, this is funny because this is a conversation Yav and I had back in 2000 and, you know, maybe 10 or 11, mm-hmm. yeah, is uh, when, when we talked about Magento Go, which is a whole probably separate podcast, if you'd like. Um, and... I accept. Uh, yeah, <laughs> very interesting. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of lessons learned from that. Um, but but you know, but back then, what what we had wanted to do in the cloud world, and I'll I'll, I'll get back to why this is relevant to your to your question. Mm-hmm. Um, what what we had wanted to do was great parity, long term, great parity in the cloud as we um, offered in 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 the on premise product uh, of Magento back back then. So, you know, uh, I, I would keep on coming to the technology team and say parity, 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 because I didn't want to lose any capabilities, you, you know, in the cloud. I didn't want to have my, you know, my merchants or, you know, our, our customers, the, the agencies really lose any capabilities that Magento would offer in the cloud mm-hmm. versus capabilities that it would offer in the on-premise world. Mm-hmm. Um, so creating a highly flexible, you know, platform as a service type offering where you could host it, you know, in the cloud. I, I, I think to me it was relevant back in 2011 when we started Magento Go and we started with a very confined, mm. you know, initial sort of approach, uh, knowing where we would need to go in, in the years ahead. Um, and fast forward to today, I think a highly flexible platform, um, you know, as a service type offering where you could really provide a, you know, highly flexible model for, for whether it's enterprise software or, you know, B2C type, type software. Um, you know, is something that that I'm passionate about, right? I think there's still technology hurdles to do that effectively well, and and you know, it's really difficult to do, and I don't think many have done it, uh, if done it, you know, at all. Um, but I believe that's where the market is going, and we see other you know competitors in the field um, execute and deliver on that. Um, and I think that long term, um, you know, obviously the cloud's going to be you know an area of continued investment. And if you can create a highly flexible environment in the cloud where, you know, agencies, you know, can really serve their customers, you know, um, on top of it, uh, merchants, you know, would, would really, you know, prefer those types of a um, solution and environment that would take away all the complexity and cost and, you know, and, and pain associated with, with having the product hosted on premise. That's, I think, where, you know, in sort of in my opinion, where the market is you know, is really going. I think it's where, you know, Magento is going certainly. And, and, and I think, um, you know, you have alluded to that as well. Um, but if I were to do this again, uh, and I'm uh-huh. not sure what specific vertical area, et cetera, but I'm just saying, look, here's an opportunity to build something really differentiated. Hmm. Right. I, I, I wondered I, aloud to myself when I was alone, it was really creepy the other day. Um, uh, but I, I sort of wondered aloud, you know, they say we've reached peak, uh, 
mobile phone, right? Like we're, we're not really seeing very many features. We're not really seeing any advancement in the technology, uh, which is kind of a silly thing to say after only seven years of the, the most world changing tech we've ever seen. Um, I wonder if we're at peak e-commerce. I, I, I sort of think that how much more, how much more can we do? Roy, is there, is there stuff that we still haven't done yet and that people haven't done that we've, that we have to, we still have to, to forge new ground and sort of blaze new trails? You know, I, I have to think that there's still tremendous opportunity. I, I, I really can't think that this is, this is the end. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, when I think about that, and it's a really interesting question to pose and sort of debate, um, but when I, when I really think about it, um, you know, I take a look at the last 150 years of commerce and retail, right? And how much it's evolved over the years and at how many points have people said, you know, this is it, hmm. you know, how, how much more innovation can, can really happen. And, and I think, you know, we as humans are creative. We're, um, you know, we like to take opportunity. We take risk. And, and I think that there will be other models that will emerge in the future that will continue to, to push the, bound, you know, the boundaries forward. Um, I just can't imagine that you know, retail ends here, right? It just it doesn't, you know, given the history, it just doesn't make any sense, right? I think that there's just so much more opportunity you know, to continue to innovate, especially now on a global scale. Um, and, 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 and it feels to me we're actually just in the beginning of all that, right, rather than the end. Mm. And, and I think as, as more as more technology comes up, so you said mobile phones and buying, I mean, if you just look at how commerce had to adapt to uh, mobile phones, right? But VR is coming, uh, artificial, artificial intelligence is getting better and better bots, right? And all these things. So there's more and more opportunities for commerce, right? Uh, how people consuming it um, and e-commerce maybe is not necessarily going to stay in the browser if it's on a mobile or in your uh um, on your laptop or whatever, but it's going to move into other fields, right? Look at uh, Amazon uh, Echo, right? Or, or <laughs> you know, and all these things, right? So again, it's continuously evolving, right? The shopping experience evolves, the fulfillment evolves. I think another interesting thing that I started noticing is, you know, we're in this kind of cycles, right? I mean, if you think when, I don't know how everybody, old is everybody, but when I think when I was much younger, um, there was a lot more mom and pop stores everywhere, right? And then these big uh, corporations started, right, taking over and Walmart's and uh, uh, Circuit City and right and Best Buy and all that. Who? And the, a lot, no, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and and today it's kind of a cycle where a lot of those went out of business, disappeared, right? But now you start seeing a lot of these uh, mom and pop stores pop up again, right? That specialize in something like fixing a bicycle or. Um, you know, uh, selling you uh, flower arrangements, right. artisanal like mayonnaise, yeah, in exactly. Brooklyn, yeah, yeah, right? right, or local beer, right, right, exactly. Uh, so, so there you go. So there's a lot of this um, coming, like uh, full circle. And I think commerce is in this, or e-commerce is in this space as well. So I think we saw, yeah, it was a big um, ten years of uh, innovation. It seems to everybody like it's slowing down or plateauing, but I think it's just ready to do um, another turn. And maybe it, you know, everybody went to Amazon. Now everybody will start going back in. I think um, a big one is marketplaces. I think that's a big move right now. Uh, more and more companies start offering marketplaces. So um, just to kind of um, 
augment the products that they're actually working on and selling and allowing other merchants to kind of tap in and sell through those marketplaces that are very specialized marketplaces. Um, uh, for example, for drones, right? There's like marketplaces that, you know, there's a company selling drones, but there's, com- there's companies that give services related to the drones um, and stuff like that. So it's, I think marketplace is one more thing that's kind of just in the beginning and there's going to be a lot more innovation around that. Okay. You, well, you heard somebody about. started a podcast on the future of uh, e-commerce. Yeah. I, if only somebody had actually did, I've done that. That's me. <laughs> uh, yeah, actually I would love to have uh, another conversation uh, with you, uh, Roy and, and Yoav on, on that podcast, because uh, I, th- I think you both have a lot of really uh, interesting things to say about the future of commerce. Um, I so it, I can't believe that it's been over an hour because this has just been the most incredible uh, talk uh, that I've ever had, and and certainly uh, w- you know one of the better uh, uh, episodes we've ever had. Um, certainly, so I I have to ask Roy, what's next? What, what's what's on what's what's your tomorrow look like? Yeah, I mean it's a it's a you know it's a great um, question. Um, look, what I love doing is is working with with entrepreneurs and with companies that continue to innovate and push the boundaries in commerce, and and that's been what I've been doing now for the past year. Um, and you know I plan to continue uh, to do that moving forward. Great, Yoav. Uh, for me, it's all gold. You know, it's uh, all about Oro. So, <laughs> I think my tomorrows are booked for a while. <laughs> um, I, I do, I do meet up, I do meet with uh, some new startups and entrepreneurs once in a while. But um, uh, I think we have a huge opportunity here, and I'm pretty focused on it for now. I uh, I am actively involved with Akineo. Um Roy, mm-hmm. by the way, is an advisor there as well. So we again end up somehow working together all the time. Oh, great. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, so I think I have my plate pretty full. Um, and for me, it's really um, exciting. So I am, I'm really um, an old entrepreneur in terms of uh, how entrepreneurs are uh, aged today. But uh, I'm really excited about what we're doing here. So, like I said, my tomorrows are booked for a while now. Well, congratulations uh, to both of you on all your success. And thank you from uh, uh, the bottom of our hearts uh, for everything that you've done. Uh, and all the sacrifice and, and it was all well worth it, uh, because the goal has been reached, you know, tens of billions of dollars are being transacted through this, this piece of software that you've created. It's changed a bunch of lives. And, um, so we're, we're all forever in your debt. So thank you. And let's not forget it spawned a a podcast. Yeah. Which Which was the goal. Which was was the most important thing. Yeah. <laughs> and on that uh, note, <laughs> yeah, thank you so much, Roy Rubin Thanks, and uh, Yoav Kutner, and uh, both uh, ex co founders of <laughs> Magento. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, and uh, and uh, we'll you know keep uh, what's what's our tagline, Kaylin? I forget 104 of these, and I've, I have no idea yeah, what we say not, at the not, end. Not sure if we quite have one. Uh, uh, keep uh, reaching for the stars in Ed McMahon's <laughs> parlance. How's that? Happy all right, thank you all. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you, Kellen.